the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Or what maybe seems to us to be the quickest way or the easiest way. He doesn't do that for our own good. Sometimes he takes us on the scenic route. And sometimes that scenic route includes a time in the wilderness, in the desert, where it's hard and difficult just to survive. Because that's actually better for us. And we think, why did he bring me out here? Why is it taking so long? Why are we going this way? Why are we in this desert? Well, because it's better than the alternative. You just don't know what the alternative is. Ever question why God has you going in a certain direction? In today's message from Pastor Dan, he encourages you that God knows exactly where he has you and why he has you there. Sometimes your journey might not look like the quickest route, the easiest route, or the prettiest route, but God can be trusted with your journey. Pastor Dan explains that God in His sovereignty knows all things. He knows what will help you the most and what journey with Him is best. Trust that He's leading you. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel chapter 25 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Now, verse 6, it continues. For thus says the Lord God, because you clapped your hands and stamped your feet and rejoiced in heart with all your disdain, your contempt for the land of Israel. Indeed, therefore, I will stretch out my hand against you and give you as plunder to the nations. I will cut you off from the peoples and I will cause you to perish From the countries, I will destroy you, and you shall know that I am the Lord, that I am Yahweh. The Ammonites showed great disdain for the land of Israel, and therefore for the God of Israel. Not just the people of Israel, but the God of Israel. It says they, they, you know, they, 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 they clapped their hands, hands, they stamped their feet with, with glee over the fall of Jerusalem. In other words, they were dancing in the streets, celebrating. When Jerusalem fell to the Babylonians. And therefore God says because of this. That he will give Ammon as plunder to the nations. And cause them to perish as a country. You know there, there are many people today. Who have disdain for Christians. Who have contempt for you. Because you are a follower of Jesus. And because you believe the Bible. And because you, you want to live according to a biblical standard. And you want to uphold a biblical standard. There are people that, that have disdain for you and for me. And they rejoice when a Christian falls. They rejoice when a Christian falls. They, they rejoice when a scandal comes to light. Involving a Christian leader or involving a, a, a church. They celebrate it. Why? Because the Bible tells us 
that people love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. And, and for those people, anything that makes the light of God dimmer in the world, they like that. They celebrate that. They rejoice in, in that. And so now we come to the judgment against Moab, just south of Ammon. Verse 8, thus says the Lord God, be, because Moab, again, you see the word because, he's telling us why he's bringing this judgment. Because Moab and Seir say, look, the house of Judah is like all the nations. Therefore, behold, I will clear the territory of Moab of cities, of the cities on its frontier, the glory of the country. And he lists the cities here, Beth Jeshemoth, Baal, Maon, and Kirjathame. To the men of the east, I will give it as a possession together with the Ammonites, that the Ammonites may not be remembered among the nations. And I will execute judgments, plural, upon Moab, and they shall know that I am the Lord. Again, Israel had a very long history with Moab, going all the way back to Lot, Abraham's nephew. When the children of Israel came out of Egypt and the Exodus, the people of Moab, the Moabites, they feared the children of Israel. I'll read you a verse out of Numbers chapter 22 if you're taking notes. You don't have to turn there, but Numbers chapter 22, verses 1 to 4. Then the children of Israel, this is the Exodus, then the children of Israel moved and camped in the plains of Moab, the plains near Moab, on the side of the Jordan River across from Jericho. Now Balak, the son of Zippor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. Balak is the king of Moab. And Moab, listen to what it says, was exceedingly afraid of the people because they were many in number. And Moab was sick with dread because of the children of Israel. And so Moab said to the elders of Midian, Now this company will lick up everything around us as an ox licks up the grass of the field. And Balak, the son of Zippor, was king of the Moabites at that time. And they sent messengers to Balaam. Right? Remember this story? He sends messengers to, to Balaam, they hire Balaam to, to declare a curse on Israel. They were, they were terrified when they saw the children of Israel there in the plains uh, of, of Moab. Uh, later on in the Bible, you know the story of Ruth. Ruth was from Moab. She was a Moabitess. Like I think the high school kids just studied the book of Ruth last weekend uh, in the high school Bible study. She was a Moabitess. She was from Moab. And Ruth was the great-grandmother of King David, a Moabite. When, uh, when King Saul hunted after David to try to kill him, remember David sent his parents down to Moab to stay in Moab for their own protection in 1 Samuel 22. When David became king, he fought against Moab and conquered Moab. And Moab became a vassal state to Israel under King David. So again, Israel has this long history with the Moabites and, and their family, their kin, their cousins, their neighbors. And the Lord tells us the reason he will judge Moab is because they mock the house of Judah, saying, look, the house of Judah is like all the nations. 
Moab pointed out that Judah is lacking, look, uh, acting like all the other nations. And there's nothing, nothing special about them. You know, they claim to be God's chosen people, but they're acting just like everybody else. They're no different from the worldly nations around them. Now, you know, if you know the story, their history, sadly, Judah gave the Moabites plenty of reasons to say this. But e- even so, Moab should not rejoice to see the people of Israel acting worldly. You know, again, like for us, we, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't point out when a brother or sister in Christ acts in an ungodly way or acts in a worldly way or is in the flesh in some way, right? Love covers a multitude of sins. It doesn't expose it, right? There's, you know, there's, there's whole online ministries now. That's all that they're about. Is just exposing people, exposing Christians for their sins. You know, these online discernment ministries and the whole thing is they're just looking to, to expose ministries and expose people that are serving the Lord. And I don't, I don't like it. I don't think it's godly. And, and here you have the, you know, the people of Moab saying, look, the house of Judah is just like all the nations. Again, there are people that rejoice when Christians fail. There are people when a Christian fails who say, you Christians are no different than the world. You know, you, you claim to follow God, but look at how you're behaving. How, how many of you have ever had someone say to you, I thought you were a Christian, and look at what you're doing. And they like to point that out. When you falter, when you fall. You know, Christians aren't perfect people. We're never making, we don't make the claim to be perfect people. We're forgiven people, but we're not perfect people. The Moabites, they, they, they like to criticize. But their criticism makes them guilty before God. God's going to judge them for their criticism. So now we come to the judgment of Edom in verse, verse 12. And thus says the Lord God, because, again, we have the word because here. He's going to tell us why he's bringing this judgment upon them. And it's because of the way they treated Israel. Because of what Edom did against the house of Judah by taking vengeance and has greatly offended by avenging itself on them. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, I will also stretch out my hand against Edom Cut off man and beast from it and make it desolate from T-man. D-dan shall fall by the sword. When he says T-man and D-dan here, this is kind of like when you read in the Bible from Dan to Beersheba, you know, from the northernmost to the southernmost, you know, like we would say from sea to shining sea. He's saying, I'm going I'm to cut them off from one end of the nation to the other end of the nation. And I will lay my vengeance on Edom by the hand of my people Israel, that they may do in Edom according to my anger and according to my fury. And they shall know my vengeance, says the Lord God. Again, the Edomites were descendants of Esau, Jacob's twin brother. So this conflict here with the Edomites, it really goes all the way back to Jacob and Esau in the book of Genesis. The Israelites and Edomites were cousins, but they've had this conflict for generations. 
going back to Jacob and Esau. During the Exodus, during the Exodus, the Edomites refused to allow the Israelites to pass through their land. They wouldn't let them pass through. In fact, they sent their army out to stop them and prevent them from passing through the land of Edom. Even though the children of Israel said, hey, we're not going to eat anything. We're not going to drink your water. We're just going to pass through. If we do eat anything or drink anything, we'll pay you for it. We don't want to take anything. We're not asking for any favors. We just want to, we just want to go through your land. And the Edomites said, no way. And so the children of Israel had to go a different way because of that. So they've got this long conflict between them. This conflict with the Edomites, it actually extends into the New Testament. Pastor Dan will have more to share from today's Ring of Truth study in just a moment. But right now, we'd like to invite you to worship with us this Sunday morning. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you a little more. I heard recently that many people who listen to Christian radio are not part of a local church. Hey, if that's you, I'd like for you to join us this weekend as our guest at Calvary Chapel located in Columbia, Maryland. The teachings you've enjoyed here on Ring of Truth are from messages I've shared with the congregation at Calvary Chapel. We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. You can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Herod the Great. You remember Herod the Great, the king of the Jews, when Jesus Christ, the true king of the Jews, was born. Remember Herod the Great ordered the murder of all of the babies in the area of Bethlehem in an attempt to murder Jesus Christ and kill the one born, the king of the Jews. Herod the Great was an Edomian. He was from Edomia. He was an Edomite. He was a descendant of Edom. And all of the Herods that you read about in the Gospels and in the book of Acts, they're all Edomites. They all have Edomite blood in their veins. And here we see God's strongest condemnation is against the Edomites. God's accusation against Edom in verse 12 is, Edom took revenge on Judah. Thus says the Lord God, because of what Edom did against the house of Judah, by taking vengeance and has greatly offended by avenging itself on them. Now, we don't know exactly what Edom did against Judah to take vengeance on Judah, but it seems, and what is believed happened, it seems when Nebuchadnezzar came into the land of Judah and and attacked the land of Judah and the city of Jerusalem, it seems that the Edomites not only rejoiced that the Babylonians were doing it, they actually helped the Babylonians out. They participated and assisted the Babylonians. This is, if you're taking notes, this is referred to in Obadiah chapter 1. <laughs> yeah, there's a book in the Bible called Obadiah. Uh, Amos chapter 1, uh, Psalm 137 verse 7, you can jot that verse down. Uh, it indicates that the Edomites were present when the Babylonians destroyed Jerusalem and the Edomites were there saying, Raise it. Raise it to the foundation. You know, knock the city down. Cheering the Babylonians on. And so the Edomites took an active role in the destruction of Jerusalem, the destruction of of Judah. They weren't just cheering from the sidelines. They were participants. Uh, We also know that after the Jews were carried off into exile in Babylon, uh, historians have, have, have learned that 
the people of, some of the people of Edom actually moved into the land of Judah. And they were opportunists and took over some of the land uh, of Judah and took advantage of the tragedy that the people of Judah suffered. Again, in, in our day, you know this, there are people that not only oppose God and oppose the, the people of God and oppose the things of God, there are people who are actively trying to stop God and stop the people of God and stop uh, the, the, the truth of God. They're, they're, they're actively coming against it. They're working against it. Working against the things of God in our world. Notice God's judgment against Edom would be so great it will affect both man and beast. It says both will be cut off. Even the animals in the land. So finally now in chapter 25 we come to the judgment of the Philistines. Probably the most familiar uh, nation that's mentioned here in in chapter uh, 25. We, We are familiar with the Philistines maybe from the story of David and Goliath and Samson, uh, and, and so forth. Verse 15 says, Thus says the Lord God, because the Philistines, again the word because, because the Philistines dealt vengefully and took vengeance with a spiteful heart to destroy because of the old hatred. You know, that old hatred. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, I will stretch out my hand against the Philistines. I will cut off the Cherethites, and destroy the remnant of the seacoast. Remember the Philistines lived along the seacoast. I will execute great vengeance on them with furious rebukes, and they shall know that I am the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon them. The Philistines, they lived along the Mediterranean coast in the Promised Land. They, of course, had a long history of conflict with the Israelites Uh, When God first brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, Exodus chapter 13, verse 17, listen to what it says. Then it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by way of the wilderness, the desert, by way of the wilderness of the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. So it tells us there that when God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt in the Exodus, he didn't take them straight along the coast up into the promised land, which would be the shortest distance, which would be the quickest route. But he didn't do it because they would have had to travel through the land of the Philistines. And God knew that the Philistines, being the way that they were, that they would have made war with the children of Israel. And so God didn't want to bring them out of their bondage and immediately into battle because he worried that they would get discouraged and change their minds and want to go back to Egypt once they saw war. And so instead, he led the people around. He he took them on the scenic route, the long way around, into the desert into the wilderness, to the Red Sea. You know, uh, sometimes God doesn't take us on the most direct route for our own good. Sometimes he doesn't take us the shortest way or what maybe seems to us to be the quickest way or the easiest way. 
He doesn't do that for our own good. Sometimes he takes us on the scenic route. And sometimes that scenic route includes a time in the wilderness, in the desert, where it's hard and difficult just to survive. Because that's actually better for us. And we think, why did he bring me out here? Why is it taking so long? Why are we going this way? Why are we in this desert? Well, because it's better than the alternative. You just don't know what the alternative is. Why couldn't we just go up the coast? Right into the promised land. Well, because there's Philistines up there. And they would have made war with you guys. You're not ready for a war. You're not ready for that kind of battle. You would have grown discouraged and want to go back to Egypt. You would have wanted to quit. So the long way around's better for you. Huh. And that's something. So the Philistines, though, all the way back then, when they come out of the land of Egypt there, they, they, they have the Philistines. They, they, they were contentious. God knew they were contentious. And and the Philistines were just a contentious people, and they, they constantly harassed Israel. They constantly oppressed Israel. You read through the book of Judges, for example, and they, they, they're right on the border with Israel. I mean, there's, no, there's nothing really between the land of the Philistines and the land of Israel. They're, they're, right, they're right next to each other. There's some hills there between the two countries, but really there's nothing to divide them. And so there was this constant trouble with the Philistines. And so here God says he will stretch out his hand against the Philistines and the Cherethites. He mentions the Cherethites in verse 16. Who were the Cherethites? The Cherethites lived among the Philistines. They were, uh, in fact, Philistines that lived along the seacoast. But the name Cherethite, listen to this, it means executioners. Executioners. What a name that is. If, if you, you, you might, it might ring a bell because David, when David was king, David hired some Cherethites to be his own personal bodyguards while he was king. He hired some of the executioners from the land of Philistia, from the Philistines, to be his own personal bodyguards. When God says here that in verse 16 that he will cut off the Cherethites, it's actually a play on words in Hebrew. He's saying, I will execute the executioners. I will execute the executioners. And then he says, I will execute great vengeance on them with furious rebukes. Remember, God said to Abraham, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And these nations brought God's curse upon themselves by their, their, their jealousy and their hatred toward God's people, Israel. And God says, they shall know. He has said this over and over in this chapter. They shall know that I am the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon them. And here is one purpose that God had in dealing with these nations. He wants these people to know him. He wants these people to know him. You know, people will know God either through the light of his revelation through a relationship with Jesus Christ, through coming willfully to God for forgiveness and salvation through faith in Jesus Christ, or people will know God through his judgment. Jesus will either be your savior or your judge. The Bible says one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord, either as savior or as judge. So much better. So much better to put your trust in Jesus Christ now as your Savior and receive the forgiveness of your sins and receive the promise and assurance of eternal life with Him 
than to face him on that day as judge. But either way, either way, every every person will come to know the Lord, either as Savior or either as judge. He asked me how I know, and I say, brings truer than the finest crystal. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan as we study verse by verse through the book of Ezekiel. In Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 26 through 27, the Lord says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues and be careful to obey my rules. No matter how far away you stray from God, He never gives up on you. He always offers restoration and hope, even after you might reject it. What a gift and what love. If you'd like to hear this message again or more from Pastor Dan, we encourage you to visit our website, calvaryec.com. We also encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your walk with Jesus. If you're ever in or near the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Each week, we gather together at 10 a.m. on Sunday to worship our Savior and study God's Word. And we'd be honored to share that time with you. Check out calvaryec.com to find directions and to learn more about the church behind this ministry. Again, that was Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. We're so glad you joined us today, and we pray this message has been a blessing and encouraged you in your faith. Pastor Dan will have much more to share from the book of Ezekiel when you tune in again, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. It's true.